I'm AJ. And I'm Taylor. And you're listening to another episode of the Merry Money Podcast. Marriage is hard. Money doesn't have to be. Here we are. We are here. We made it. We did. We did. (laughs) Oh, we were so excited to be able to finally sit down and talk to you um, about all things money. Mm hmm. Married money, especially (laughs) over the past few months, I think we've really tried to slow down and kind of take a poll of what people seem to be most interested in, what these topics are about money that seem to grab people the most. And I think by far one of the most heated topics of conversation that we have found in the money community is the concept of generational wealth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's been really interesting to see how people have just a passion for that. It just seems like there's people who are on many different sides of the spectrum. You, know, you got one side of it that's work hard, work hard, work hard, work hard, get out of this hole that you're in or whatever you want to label it. Or you've got the other side of the spectrum that's the younger, the younger generation that is kind of in the hole, if you would of you know things like and we'll touch on this later but like uh, college education costs and 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 that uphill battle absolutely yeah yeah really a lot of this comes down to are we as millennials i'm speaking as one myself are we as millennials earning enough income to provide for the cost of living in the world that we live in well can you mm -hmm. say that we really make more than than people before us used to make? Based on if you just look number to number, it looks like we do. Um, but if you look really at the research, it, it looks like over the past 50 years, it's remained pretty much flat um, based on a couple of different research institutions that we've looked at. Um, Meaning that income itself for millennials has remained flat really over the last 50 years. Income. For um, newly entering individuals into the workforce. So 50 years ago versus now, people are making similar amounts of money when you factor in inflation yeah. and things like that. You take take someone who's 25 who's just entered the workforce, right? I say just into their workforce lightly, but take someone who's 25 in 1980 who's entering the workforce and they're making $50,000 a year. Well, 50 years later, you take someone who's 25, who's just entering the workforce, makes $50,000 a year. But Which is incredibly problematic. Correct. I mean, if you think about it, when you've got cost of living that's increased, and you, t- you also factor in that 25-year-old has an uphill battle of college tuition expenses they've got an uphill battle of um child care child care raising a family growing a family starting a family um why do you think we've watched shows like friends from the 90s that have in early 2000s that have pushed off our marriage age to later in our 30s because you almost can't afford it because you can't afford to start a family yeah i'd say i mean if you think about it you got 51% 51% of Americans that are making over $100,000 but living paycheck to paycheck. God. That's, I mean, that's... That speaks. That That's including all households, all people, right? So not just those 
that 25 year old that's entering the workforce but right you factor that in with others that's hard now you know when you're living paycheck to paycheck at a hundred thousand you can probably safely say that our world has gotten a little bit too expensive i'm positive that some of that could be you know spending habits but but if i remember correctly there was also a study recently that that quoted something really similar at even two hundred fifty thousand dollars a year mm-hmm. people living paycheck to paycheck which you know you could label that as what lifestyle inflation a little bit yeah i mean it's really easy to sit on the top of a of a of a hill and yell down saying fix this fix that you're doing this wrong or or sitting at the bottom of the hill saying woe is me everything is rolling downhill and Mm -hmm. falling on top of me but the reality is Mm -hmm. is we all to some extent have control of our own two legs um and it's a matter of living within your means right because if we fall within the diderot effect which We'll talk about more on different podcasts, but if we all fall within the Diderot effect and we inflate our lifestyle because of our surroundings and keeping up with the Joneses and so on, the list goes on. We find ourselves in just a pickle of constantly not having enough money for things, so we have to control. Well, and something else too, you know, when you talk about the cost of childcare, um, you know, a lot of people who are in our age demographic and are are facing this, you know, family, you have to plan to start a family these days. Starting a family without a plan is almost scary with how expensive it's gotten. And something I think that generations before us maybe didn't necessarily have to have. And a lot of that depending, of course, on, you know, your own individual privilege and things that you were potentially born into or not born into, of course, at that time. But largely, a lot of American families 50-some years ago may not have had to have two working parents as hard as you have to have two working parents today. Mm-hmm. I, I can agree with that. In something, something so simple that I saw the other day is that 51% of parents say that they spend more than 20% of their household income on childcare. And I know hands down that... There are, I, I mean, I talk to friends all the time who have careers and their careers pay for childcare. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so I dove probably way too deep <laughs> into trying to figure this out as a mom of five and mm-hmm. children who are that age, children who attend childcare programs and need that. And I was blown away to learn that in 1987, the average cost of childcare was $49 per kid per week, per kid per week, 1987. And the reason why that's so shocking is because you fast forward to 2022 and an average cost for childcare in 2022 is now $226 per week per child at a daycare. But get this, $694 per week per child if you go with a nanny and if you want to just round some serious numbers out and look at it by rights, $49 a week at 1987 is going to inflate. You're not going to have it stay the same, right? But if this had followed normal inflationary levels, we would be sitting somewhere around $130 a week per, per week per child for childcare. And we are almost a hundred dollars more a week right now that means 
that families with two or three kids that age, you might not even be able to have a job. You might not even be able to have a career anymore because of the cost of childcare alone. And then when you take the fact that wages have remained the same, you've almost gotten to a point where childcare has outpaced incredibly so your income. Do you remember when we were starting out? Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, no, I'm serious. Do you remember when we were starting out and doing the time value of money calculation and figuring out like, okay, does it make sense for Taylor to, to, to go to work, to, to have a job, to, oh, yeah. you know, to, to based on the cost of childcare. And it didn't. And it didn't. It, Taylor's job. And, and I say that heavily in, in a positive way. Hardest job in the world being a mom raising children. Taylor's job was to be a mom. To not have childcare expenses by raising our children at home and saving us the cost of childcare because at that time we would have been paying more in childcare expense for her to have a job than for her to be with the kids. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, and it's just translated even farther. I mean, if we look at it rolling, if we keep looking at those things rolling down the hill, we look at the change in housing costs, um, not just on the bright and shiny real estate market that we're seeing right now with um, everybody talking about, wow, housing prices have just soared through the roof over the last two or three years. It's been going on longer than that. Um, well, but for also, a long time now, apparently, because yeah. you'd cry if you found out what our parents bought their first house Correct, for. <laughs> correct. But you also look at the rental market as of recently. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's not only has the housing the cost of purchasing a house gone up. Now you have this weird situation with increased interest rates. And so it's a a Mm teeter-totter, but you also have the cost of rent. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. Which makes it so hard for starting. Which has doubled in Mm -hmm. some areas. I mean, just almost kicking people who are native to their, to their areas out of places that, generations have been born and raised and and trying to kind of combat that is is also a new challenge for newer generations um really facing this this giant gap and trying to figure out how to overcome it talking about housing is is such a speculative conversation because if you're just being honest you know my grandparents purchased their home for like thirteen thousand dollars are we, ever, are we ever going to see that again? No. Like, that's not something we're ever going to see again. Why? Because over the course of time, housing is going to trend upward. I mean, if you leave every other factor out, if you're purely talking about inflation only, housing prices will never go dramatically back down to $13,000, right? Same thing with our parents' generation. They could probably look at a situation similarly to what we are in because our parents' generation was buying homes for $70,000, $90,000. And again, here we are, you know, two mm-hmm. generations down the road from our parents. And where are we going to find a house for seventy, eighty, $90,000? I'm just thinking back to, you know, if I look at my parents thinking, okay, when they were, when they were in their, uh, you know, in their 20s, early 20s, 30s, yeah. staring at the uphill battle of trying to buy 
a house or making that decision to buy a house or jumping off that cliff to buy mm-hmm. a house and being scared because it was almost a hundred thousand dollars. Right. And it, it, we think about that now and we're like, Oh my gosh, that's, if that's I ridiculous. could only, I mean, yeah, you're, there are places where a starter home is inching towards half a million and, and something to note and some major difference because interest rates have been such a hot topic. Cause we as millennials and soon to be Gen Z in this housing market are panicking over seeing six, sometimes even 7%. It's interesting to note that, you know, our parents' generation was staring 12% straight in the face. And so it's funny because something that we may not have realized back when we were in it is seeing three even 4%, but especially those of us who secured two some percent interest rates on your home, that is historic lows, right? However, that's what we've grown to be accustomed to. So now when you're seeing five, six, seven percent you're in panic mode because that's double. And in reality, yeah, our parents' generation and, and beyond faced interest rates way higher than that. But here you have the issue of the difference between 3% and 6% on an average of a $300,000 purchase is massive, right? You're talking at looking over $400 a month in the face just between 3%. That alone counts people out because, you know, as as a mortgage officer, something we look at is we take all of the debts that you have currently. So we could dive into the cost of used car right now. Let's pretend you have a used car and your used car payment is $300 a month. I have to take that off. I have to remove that from what you can afford from a house. So if your top dollar, what you can afford at the very, very, very top of your budget is $2,000 and you have a $300 car payment and $200 of minimum payments on cards and all of that stuff, I'm removing $500 a month from what you can afford. And now you can only afford $1,500 a month. What does that mean for you? The interest rates have eaten you out of the market. So sure, interest rates are still lower than they ever used to be, especially so for the generations before us. But the increase in the cost of housing is causing a giant problem because you also have an increase in cost of rent. So there's so many people that are within our generation that are living in this cycle of, I really don't know how to make this work. Granted, what it really comes down to is we could stand on a soapbox and we could complain about it and say, woe is me, this is a problem, and and I got the short end of the stick. But the reality is, is we need to sit down and just plan. Plan for what cards you are dealt, what cards we are dealt and and adjust accordingly right living within our means in regards to all of that um makes me think down the road for our kids and what their cost of college is going to be like versus if i think about what my cost of college was was um versus what my parents might have thought it was going to be when i was going to when i was in preschool preschool or (laughs) elementary or getting into junior high or whatever the case is but it would have been really hard for them to save because they would there would have been no way they they thought it would it would go up so high no no taylor's actually gone through and done the math on some of this and 
looked at, okay, how much was it back in 1990 for college tuition, you know, around $2,000? Um, how much was it in 2010, around like $6,700? In 2020, 9300 That's all for public. But what it really comes down to, what is it going to be, right? What is, what is coming down the pipeline that we need to think about, that we need to look at, along with what have we had to deal with that we can learn from? Um, that's really what I believe that it comes down to. I think the biggest thing with tuition is affordability with the jobs that you're going after. Mm-hmm. Um, when you look historically at tuition, um, a big change is that your job used to be able to afford to pay off your tuition fairly. You could, you could hone in a full-time job and pay for college, you know, pretty easily, Versus, I, I correct me if I'm wrong, but you know we were calculating the cost of college in 2030, 2040, and 2050, and just seeing how if it continues on the pattern that it is, you're gonna have to earn an intense amount of money straight out of college to be able mm-hmm. to pay that off in the same amount of time that you used to be able to. Yeah, you're talking kids in, in 2050 needing to make 1.1 million dollars just to pay off their college tuition. The numbers just grow over time. So I think it really comes down to what career are you going into and does it need that education? Because if it doesn't, is it worth are you it? doing it just to complete something? If so, great, you're showing you can complete something, but let's do it on the most economical level, economic level possible. And let's talk trade school. I mean, it is hardly a day that goes by that I don't hear... <laughs> something about how trades are dying and they're in great need i mean there's so much i think that i have heard our generation Mm -hmm. explore um even just the rise in entrepreneurship and Mm -hmm. business ownership amongst our generation um whole other podcast episode if we're talking about (laughs) workers and working conditions and and the changing scope of employment as time goes on but i mean with all of this stuff I think it's safe to say that it is totally fair for our generation to say that it is a struggle. It's an uphill Mm -hmm. battle. Um, Can we really bring it back to wages? Is that really, if everything else had gone up and if wages had been able to go up, do you think that we would be in this situation as deeply as we are right now? I don't. Yeah. Unfortunately, what I believe is the case is, is, because our nature as humans and as an American society is consume, 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 and spend, spend, spend. I think it drives, the boat drives down to are we spending more than we're making? Yeah. I think that's really what it comes down to. And again, it, it really is a matter of controlling what you can control, what we can control. And planning. And planning. And budgeting. Yeah. Budget, budget, budget. Gosh, that sounds mm-hmm. so old-fashioned. Because <laughs> if if we if if the millennials is a generation, let's say that they're they're a new, or that that the millennials are a, a, a transition in in the economic world. I have no idea, but it all starts with not spending. Yeah. And saving. Mm-hmm. Yep. 
Yeah. yeah. And not, not spending meaning where we can, because obviously mm-hmm. we just went over several areas of spending yeah. that are, are <laughs> largely uh, involuntary nope. for the most, you know, groceries went up, but we all got to eat. Right. Mm-hmm. And so planning around that, do you have any practical tips when it comes to sitting down and creating that plan? Like where does somebody start for something like that? Well, we have a uh, this thing at our fingertips called our cell phones mm-hmm. that have the tendency to suck money from us potentially oh, yeah. in different areas ads. with subscriptions, oh, yeah. ads, and all of that. But they're also powerful tools, yeah. really powerful tools that can record and save and remind and all of that. And so if we put that tool that our parents, our 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 parents' generation will say that we are glued to, um, if we put that tool to use in an extremely powerful way outside of just being social or yeah. just playing games, um, I think that's where it starts. I think that's the foundational level of where we can really break into that barrier of saving. Yeah. Something else that I heard that I think was very poignant to hear was depending, you know, this is going to be largely dependent on each individual as a person and and where you're at, but job hopping. Mm -hmm. Job hopping was something I had never heard of before. And you know what? Even even speculative job hopping was, as weird as that sounds, people were more likely to earn more money by not changing their career, but changing their workplace every few years because when you go to a new employer one of the main reasons you would go there is because they would offer you more in salary or more Mm -hmm. hourly or whatever that might mean and you know what you could still go to new employer a and they offer you ten thousand dollars more a year you return to your employer and say i love you and i love working for you and i would love to stay but it's really hard for me to turn that down and then they might mm-hmm. match it. And then you can even yeah. stay in your environment and keep doing that. But um, something super foreign to our parents' generation who stood in positions for 20, 30, 40 years, which I think has value and merit. But if you are in a position to do something like that, if you have a unique skill set and you have the position to market yourself um, advantageously like that. That's another tactic that I've seen people use to try to inflate their income mm-hmm. as we watch the world inflate in cost. Yeah. I mean, the other the other factor with that that is pertinent to remember is our parents' generation potentially has um, pensions. Yeah. We don't. Nope. Uh, majority of our generation and the generation under us and Gen Z even – Um, I'm sorry, Gen X above us Mm -hmm. doesn't. Mm -hmm. Um, That's something that's dying. It's gone. It's dead. However you want to put it. It's most employers are not providing pensions. Mm -hmm. And so it makes it oddly, it actually makes it easier to bounce from one employer to the next. Right. Because you're not losing out on this tremendous benefit of a pension Mm -hmm. by leaving place A. I mean, I know a lot of teachers who might have pensions Mm -hmm. and a lot of... Um, government officials who may or may not still have pensions, but you're right. I think there's a lot of opportunity Mm -hmm. to be had there. Mm -hmm. Well, as much as we would love to sit here and keep talking, we've (laughs) got to close it out. Thanks for listening. 
Share this with friends, family, anybody who you feel would benefit. That's what keeps us on air. I'm Taylor. I'm AJ. And this is the Married Money Podcast. See ya.